are starting a new series this morning that will take us through Resurrection Sunday. And the series that the Lord has given me is called More. More. I always find it interesting and even humorous at times when I prepare something in advance, how spot on it is for what we're going through the day I'm to deliver the message. I prepare most of my messages in advance, although the Holy Ghost gives me fresh revelation, usually the week leading up to it. But as I was preparing this message, I thought, my goodness, what a word for the time in which we are living in. What a word for the season we are in. And so the first message is titled, More Than Fear. More Than Fear. The Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has given us freedom and he has given us the gift of faith. And in our Lord and Savior's discourse to his followers about sheep and their relationship to the shepherd, he finishes this wonderful discourse by making a bold statement that I want to build my message around today in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, zoe, the fullness, and have it to the abundance, to the overflow have it more abundantly. He has come so that we can walk in the newness of life and so that we can walk in the mindset of more. The mindset of more. You know, I believe that we need to access the throne of His grace on a daily basis. Many of us live a routine and mundane some religious and some not, life. We live a life where we, we don't expect things to change. We don't ask God for more. We don't believe God for more. We just expect things to happen like they are going to happen. And we don't have a faith expectation that God still has the power to make a way out of no way, that God still can enter into our dimension and do miracles. God is still in the life-saving miracle working business. God didn't put himself on pause until he returns. He left us another comforter, what I call the hero within, the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, change us, cleanse us, empower us, heal us, and use us for his glory. I don't wanna live a life without dreams, without abundance, without faith, without security. I don't want to live a miserable life, and I don't want my people to live a miserable life. I want you to have all that God has called you to have. And there is supernatural revelation in the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep. Jesus teaches us that. You know, a shepherd has to shear the sheep, tend to the sheep, lead the sheep, discipline the sheep, clean up after the sheep, knock them in line every now and then. But sheep have to follow. It says that my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And it also says that no one can snatch 
them out of my hand. Some of you go to bed every night asking God to save you again because you feel guilty and dirty and downtrodden and condemned. And let me say this, that's not God's best for your life. That's not the more life. Once you've been saved, nothing can snatch you out of God's hand. He covers and protects his children. We are to be people of joy. So I want to begin this morning with first the war for more. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, which as you know, a stronghold comes about through your ear gate, your eye gate, and your mind. Whenever the enemy has your mind, he has you. But let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Seek those things which are above, not earthly things. The mind is an important part of your body, the most important. Once you train your mind, you can accomplish just about anything. But it's all about the mind, what you think about yourself, what you say about yourself, how you proceed in life has to do with what you think. I love what it says in Jude, building up yourselves in the most holiest of faith. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself who you are. Sometimes you've got to speak faith over your own situation. Sometimes you have to speak into your life when nobody else will if you're going to make it through the difficult days. But there is a war for more. There is a war for more. We know that the enemy is the prince of this air. From Lucifer's fall to our current situation, the enemy is the prince of this air. But let me say this. The prince of this air is no match for the prince of peace, Jesus. And let me say, that if you know Jesus, you have access to more, you just have to tap into it. And many times it comes about through what you think, what you say, and how you live and how you serve. There is a war for more. Listen, throughout the word it says, do not fear, do not fear. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Throughout the word, it teaches us not to fear. There is more than the ordinary. There is more than fear available to God's people. But there is a war going on. The word still in the Greek is klepto. You've heard of a kleptomaniac. This is someone who's addicted to stealing. The word klepto in the Greek means to take away by theft and to take away by stealth. There are thieves throughout our city. Some are better than others. Some have a system and a strategy to steal and get away with it. Some still out of desperation. But what this is talking about is a stealth operation, an organized attack to steal from you what God has given you, what he has promised you and your children's children. Klepto, to steal. He has come to steal and kill. The word kill in the Greek is thuo, and it has to do with the wrong kinds of bloodshed, wrong covenants to murder, the wrong kind of sacrifice. What does that say about our enemy? He wants to steal from you, but he's not going to be happy until 
You have completely blown it. He's killed your dreams, your passion, killed you in the flesh, and condemned you to live a life of misery and damnation. That's his plan, to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy in the Greek is apolumai. We get our word abolish from it. And that's exactly what it means, to abolish, to put out of the way entirely, to put an end to, to ruin. I love this definition, to render useless. See, that's the way the enemy works. He wants you to feel useless. He wants you to feel like you're not important, like you don't matter, like you can't speak faith, like you can't live free and fully alive. The enemy wants to render you as useless, and he wants you to believe that you are useless. But I'll go ahead and set you up for next week. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And he is a liar, a murderer, and a thief. He has no legal standing over this house, over its people, over this city, over this state, over this nation, or over this world. Prince of peace overpowers that which he's already defeated. You say, what do you mean? I mean, we are not fighting for a victory, as the late Adrian Rogers would say. We are fighting from a victory. Which means when Jesus made a public spectacle over all the demons and over the devil at the cross, as it says in Colossians, we are now fighting from a victory. All we have to do is remind the enemy that he is a failure and his failure is final. He has been defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ. The war for more. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The war for more. Number two, the want for more. What do you want out of life? What are your expectations for your life? How do you obtain all that God has for you? First, there is godly ambition. What is godly ambition? That's when your plans match God's plans. That's when what you are chasing is strengthened and supported by the wind of his spirit and his sovereign will. Godly ambition means your finish line is God's finish line for you. His plans are your plans. You are walking the way he's told you to walk. Straight is the gate and narrows the way. You are on his path functioning under his plan, being fueled and filled by his spirit. That's godly ambition. Godly ambition brings about success. Godly ambition will be paid for because it's God's plan, amen? But then there is selfish ambition. The Bible says we're to do nothing out of selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is when we put our plans and desires in front of God's. When we think our way is better than God's way, when we are unwilling to submit to the parameters God has placed around us, selfish ambition means I know more than you, I'm better than you, I don't need God's help, I know what's best for my life. Sometimes selfish ambition will lead to earthly and worldly success, but not God's success, not crowns in heaven not generational blessing. Ambition, striving, will bring about some results. But success by God's definition, contentment, peace, faith, eternal life, doesn't come through selfish ambition. 
Then orphan ambition. Orphan ambition. When I'm at other churches, I use the B word, but I'm not going to do it here. It's called an orphan curse or the B word curse. Orphans have to prove themselves. Orphans need constant affirmation. They're not secure in who they are because there's an absentee father or there's no father at all. Orphans have to speak the loudest, get noticed the most, need the pat on the back. And no matter what happens in their lives, it's never enough. There's a void. A void that can only be filled by our Abba Father. The Bible says he is the father of the fatherless and protector of widows. David said, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will lift me up. Paul would say he has sent his spirit into our hearts crying out, Abba, Father. So there is a way of security. There is a way of sanctification. There is a way of blessing. That void must be filled. And it's filled by way of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will fill that void and give you intimacy with your Abba Father. So it doesn't matter what kind of home life you had here. God is your Father who sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. And the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. So the want for more. How do we accomplish what God's called us to accomplish? How do we access more? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. We have to make sure that our mind is right, our motives are right, that we're not operating in selfish ambition or in orphan ambition, that we're truly walking out the path that God has for us. That is why Jesus said, after talking about the enemy's weapons, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came for you to walk in the newness of life and for you to access more. Jesus didn't die for you to live in fear. Jesus didn't die for you to live with dread. Jesus didn't die for you to live condemned or guilty all the time. Jesus didn't die for you to be in constant worry and anxious about everything. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. Jesus has called us to more Christian people. There is more available to you. There is a life promised to you. The word life is zoe. It's absolute fullness, both essential and ethical. Real, genuine, active, vigorous, devoted to God and blessed by God. It is an energy. It is a force it is the power of being. It is the opposite of perishing. It is the opposite of damnation. It is deliverance from death, deliverance from sin, deliverance from shame, and connection with Jesus. That is the Zoe life. It is eternal. It is forever. It is God in and of himself all the time. Zoe. Somebody say Zoe. Zoe. The fullness. It is a quality of living that can only be experienced spiritually. Let me say that again. It is a quality of living that can only be attained or experienced spiritually. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. This life, the Zoe life, can only be attained spiritually. That's why I preach on the Holy Spirit. 
One, because doctrinally it's still available and present. But two, because I know you need it because I sure do. That's how faith comes. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I call these things securities. When you're living the Zoe life, you have a security of satisfaction. What does that mean? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit has to do with the love and the satisfaction and joy you receive from a Heavenly Father. Somebody say, I'm secure. Secure people are joyful people. Not just the security of satisfaction, there is a sanctity of separation. And everyone's talking about social distancing and we should honor those who've told us to do that. But could it be that during this time of social distancing that God wants you to sanctify yourselves and walk with Him and have the kind of prayer life that you've never had before? Could it be that social distancing is less about a virus and more about you getting sanctified in the things of God? More about you getting back into your Bible. More about you getting back into the things of the Spirit. More about you connecting with your kids in a new and meaningful way or your grandkids. Could it be that social distancing is not a death sentence? It's a life sentence. Because our lifeblood is Jesus Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sanctity of separation brings about the significance of revelation. The significance of revelation. If you've been sanctified and you've been set apart... You've been distanced from the things of this world. Then the next thing God's about to do for you is give you revelation. Oh my goodness. What did Paul say? Oh, I saw things I'd never seen. Eye hath not seen. Ear hath not heard. What God has put in place for those that love him. What God has planned for those that love him. Oh, I'm talking about being caught up in the third heaven. I'm talking about being able to read Revelation and understand it in a way that you've never understood it. I'm talking about not looking at this as a death sentence, but a life sentence and not being worried because even if you die, you're going to be with Jesus. And you're going to leave a legacy. The significance of Revelation, that which we have seen, 1 John 1, and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. More. More is faithfulness. It is stamina. It is energy. It is access. It is ability. It is joy. It is honor. It is power. It is contentment. It is life everlasting. There is a war for more. And then there is an inner want for more. And I close right here the way for more. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to freedom. He is the way to faith. He is the way to fullness. He is the way to the Father. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. So I challenge those of you watching to know Jesus more intimately during this season. To accept him as Lord and Savior if you're lost. To be filled with the spirit that he left behind. If you don't have faith and you don't have peace in this season, Jesus said, I leave you another comforter, another teacher, another helper, 
there will be power that will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. This is the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live the Christian life without it. And I don't want you to either. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And this had to do with the leaders of Israel, but it also has to do with false prophets, false preachers, false leaders who bring people to the wrong end. I pray that preachers would get right in this season that are doing this for the wrong motives. I pray for repentance across our nation, across our world. We need it, Father. Lord, I pray that the church would realize what a blessing we are and what a blessing we can be in this season. And I pray we would never take meeting or gathering together for granted again, ever. Pray we would love our country and be thankful for the freedom we have to worship. But understand that if all that's taken away, we can still worship. And we are still the church. Jesus said he is the door. If anyone enters by me, they'll be saved and find pasture. We are his sheep, which means we naturally follow. Which means we are loyal. We're respectful. We don't need to constantly prove ourselves we get off course we'll allow him to put us back on track we need to listen to Jesus he is the way to salvation the way to security and the way to satisfaction that's who he is so before I close I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life the Bible says the Lord is our shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Jesus says, listen, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have. Sin is to miss the mark. means to blow it, to mess up. We've all done it. But it separates us from God. So if you're separated from God right now, I want you to do what the Bible tells us to do. I want you to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, repent of your sins, believe in your heart that God has raised Christ Jesus from the dead, be saved. That's the first thing I want to do. If you're watching this, whenever you're watching it, or if you're in the house today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Abba's house, help me this morning. Let's say, Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. Now, many of you are Christians. You're here because God told you to be. And you need an infusion of faith, and we're going to give you that in just a moment. We're going to pray over you, and we're going to worship. But before we do, for those who prayed to receive Jesus Christ online or even in the house, we're going to do everything electronic today. I want you to text me the word journey, like the rock group. Don't stop believing, amen. Journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. Text the word journey to 555-888. The word journey to 555-888. And we're going to give you some information, be in contact with you to help you get started in your relationship for, for Jesus Christ. But also, 
Some of you are watching, you're interested in joining Abba's house. Maybe you're in the building today and you're visiting. God's called you here to help me get this grace message out to the world and be a difference maker in our city. God's called you to this mission. If that's you, I want you to text AH Family. AH Family. AH Family to 555-888. AH Family to 555-888. Some of you in the house need prayer this morning, and usually we pray. We have an altar call. I want you to do something for me. I want you to email me at prayer at abbashouse.com. Stand on your feet all over this place. If you need a prayer right now, I want you to get your phone. I want you to email me at prayer at abbashouse.com. I'm going to pray for every prayer request this week with our staff. We'll be in contact with you. Thank you so much for your faith, for watching us online. We'll be back with you next Sunday. I want to thank everyone in the house. What a crowd. My goodness. God bless you. God bless you. This was the second hardest decision I've ever made as the lead pastor in my tenure. And uh, it wasn't easy. But I felt God wanted us to do it. I've asked my admin, ministry assistant, who's also ordained by me, who was raised in the ministry, who's a mighty prayer warrior, to pray a prophetic blessing over this house and over you. So I want her to come today before we leave, we have you leave. And she's going to prophesy more over you and this church and other churches in our city. I'm telling you, she prays for me every week and I can feel it. She prayed for me this morning and I just believe there's an anointing on her that will set you free in your spirit. So raise your hands if you're able to at a place to receive. Then we're going to go back into worship when she's done. Give God a shout before she begins, would you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More, more. You are the God of more. You're not just mighty. You're almighty. There is nothing that can separate us from your love. There's nothing that the enemy on this earth can do to your church, to your people, to your body. And don't let us forget, church, we have a king in Zion. No matter what is coming against you, you just remember, I have a king in Zion, and he never sleeps, and he never gets tired, and his arm is not too short that it can't reach me, and there's nothing that can come near your dwelling that can't be annihilated by the king in Zion. He lives in you by the power of the almighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. He lives in you. We are Christ on earth through the baptism of the Holy Spirit that shines through you. Church, we are light in the darkness. We are hope in the face of fear. We are a smile when everyone is grouchy and afraid and scared. We are the hope that this world is looking for for such a time as this. Step up and sanctify yourselves. Get alone with the King of Zion. Let him pour the oil and the anointing over you. Be saturated to wherever you go. People see that you're not afraid, that you're not sick, that you are well and you have joy. I speak and declare joy over the church. Let the church rise up and be the church. The church is not 
church is a light, points of light all over this city, points of light all over this state, all over America, all over the world. We have a mighty army and we serve a mighty God. And I speak just as Joseph, the anointing of Joseph, his people were restored. And it was not only provision for God's people, but it was restoration, it was revival for the families of God. It was restoration for the prodigals to come home. We are a church that prays to our almighty God, and he is hearing you this morning. Look for opportunities to let his light shine forth to men. That's how we know, that's how they know we're Christians, by the love that shown through us. Look for opportunities to be and feel the void. Let the Holy Spirit use you. Listen, listen, and look. The year of 2020, the year of seeing, the year of seeing what God would have you do. The year of more. 